Welcome to the Prison Care Podcast. I'm Sabrina Justison, founder of PrisonCare.org, equipping compassionate people to support the often invisible people groups who make up a prison neighborhood. The inmate residents, correctional officers, staff, administration, and the families of all these folks. Join me for this week's episode and be encouraged to think, care, and respond as we explore the challenges facing prison neighborhoods everywhere. Let's support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters. Well, hello and welcome to episode 17. Sabrina here, and in just a moment, we are going to get on the phone with Jay. I did an episode a little while back called Mail Matters, and that was a solo episode where I sort of looked philosophically at a bunch of the pieces of the mail puzzle and why receiving mail is such a big deal, why it's such an important gift that we can offer when we choose to become a pen pal encourager to somebody who's incarcerated. So in talking with Jay about that episode, uh, he brought up a bunch of things that I had never even thought of. A more in-depth look at what it feels like for people who are incarcerated when they get mail, when they're waiting for mail, when they don't get mail. Um, it's, it's complicated and there's a lot of hmm, psychological impact there's ties to their sense of identity. Um, it's really, it's really complex stuff and it's fascinating. So Jay and I decided to do a couple of episodes where we shared that with everyone. So let's get to it. Let's get Jay on the phone. And as always, when we do these phone interviews with people who are behind the fence, the audio quality is not exactly perfect. If you have trouble understanding what Jay is saying, remember that you can always um, get a look at the transcript from this episode, and that will help you make out any of the scrozzly parts. All right, here we go. Well, hello. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back on the phone, even. But we're not going to talk about the phone today. We're going to do an episode about phone calls for sure. We're going to do several episodes about phone calls at some point because there's a lot to talk about there. But for today, we agreed we would talk about mail, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Equally important. Equally important. More important in some ways. Tell me more. How is it important? From your oh my gosh! Well, okay. So even just from a, a certain age that I am, so maybe this is more more uh, a perspective that's more relevant to people under a certain you know age bracket or whatever. But mail on the streets is not something I can remember being twelve, thirteen years old, and I sent a letter to a girl. Because I really liked her and I was crushing hard and, and I wanted to be like super personal and, and, uh, you know, stand out from the crowd. So I like, I did that and it was super significant and big, but otherwise like I didn't like, no, nobody looked forward to getting mail growing up and whatnot, you know, that going to the mailbox wasn't really a thing. If anything, having to send a package or, or having to, you know, send anything through the mail system was a chore. It wasn't something, some kind of gift. But in here, 
uh, right, right away, like right when I was in county, um, it's, it, it suddenly became this incredible gem that I never expected to crave or seek after. Um, the feeling of being special, the feeling of, of intimate communication and getting to share in that, it, it's, mail is a remarkable thing, especially someone in here at Locked Up. Uh, it is different than anything else that you'll do in here, even different than talking on the phone. Um, different in that the, the impact that it has and the kind of psychological and emotional uh, boost. Interesting. Just effect overall that you can have, that it, it can have on you. Interesting. It's interesting that you use the word intimate because one of the things that weirds people out when they start writing to someone on the inside is learning that the mailroom is going to read everything that we write to you. And so it oh God, yeah. suddenly feels well, not... I totally get that, but just being, just being completely blunt about it, one of the first things that happens to you both in county and then again once you're sentenced to DOC and you have to go to the diagnostic center before you're placed at a prison and then you do it again at the prison and then you do it so many times after that on any given day is the kind of humiliation almost of, of having to get naked and spread your cheeks and all that for right. uh, I'm not talking about your face um, <laughs> for a CO <laughs> uh, over and over and over again for multiple you know different reasons uh, you real quickly adjust to this idea that I don't really have privacy anymore. Mm. At least not with the things that I'm used to thinking of. That's mine. You, you don't get to share in that unless I truly want to share it with you. Um, that goes out the window. And so, yeah, it sucks at first knowing that, wow, everything I'm writing and everything that they are writing and sending to me is getting read or at least glanced over. Um, it's uncomfortable at first. What's, what's cool about it, though, is when you're trying to live a certain kind of lifestyle in here, meaning one that is progressive, one that is, is character building, one that is focusing on your goals and achieving them and so forth, that isn't just focused on, you know, some nefarious nonsense uh, and, and, uh, or some kind of hustle or whatever, you've got nothing to hide technically, because what they're looking for when they're reading your mail is some kind of illegal activity. Right. You know, some kind of plot or plan or drop-off or whatever. And uh, if you're not doing those things, you don't have anything to actually worry about. Right. Yeah, they're going to learn certain secrets, maybe, if they're paying enough attention. But really, they're, first of all, they read so much mail every single day right. that they are no longer sitting there reading as if they're reading a book and trying to absorb all the juicy information. They're looking for very specific things and so they're glancing over it. But let's just say you have someone who's like super nosy, super inappropriate and wants all these you know, juicy details on, on this person or that. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're, you, you just have to accept it and you just kind of put it on the back burner and, and and try and forget about it in a lot of ways because the the interaction, the goal, the benefits, the, the, the rewards, there we go, that you're getting 
heavily outweigh the fact that someone else is, is viewing this. Um, but it just comes with the territory of being in prison. You just have to accept that things that used to be private are no longer fact. Right. I am just on display. Right. So, That's really helpful. It's really it's really an interesting perspective when you haven't lived it. Privacy is so highly valued by so many personality types, not just introverts on the outside. And so oh, yeah. that that yeah, and actually we're going to do an episode someday on introverts and extroverts in prison and how that plays out. But um yeah, that's really cool and to to keep that clearly in your mind that what they're looking for is evidence of contraband or illegal activity. That's that's the job in the mailroom. And it's not to spy on each of the 1,800 people who are incarcerated in your facility to find out who's not getting along with their mother. And yeah, so that's helpful. All right, let's shift a little bit. Um, let's talk about when you get mail, how often you get mail, how, first of all, the, the physical mechanics of it. Now, this varies from facility to facility. So, for example, you, you are in a facility that is still photocopying pretty much uh, everything, right? Yes. So, and like, if I send that, you, even, if I send you a greeting so card. That doesn't even agree with that yeah. Yes, if you send me a card, they, if I send you a greeting card, you do not get the card. You get a photocopy of the card. Is that correct? Correct. So Currently, did you know, little fun fact here, um, on another podcast, the DU Pie Within podcast, which, by the way, highly, highly recommended. Any of you who are listening to the Prison Care podcast, you should check out Within from DU Prison Arts Initiative out of Denver University. Fantastic podcast. But they did an interview with someone from Denver Women's um, who had like helped lead a campaign or whatever to get the DOC to lift that regulation several months ago. And so DOC facilities are no longer photocopying greeting cards because there was this brilliant, super respectful campaign that was organized to bring attention to how important getting the actual card is, how important feeling the hallmark card stock in your hand and seeing the the colors and everything that that is a part of what people are sending in the relationship and the love and the affection and the care that they're sending in uh, and, I, and i'd love to interject here because someone Please. made a really good argument recently and I, I got to be privy to it but that that uh, someone was very upset because they had actually they'd lost a relative recently uh, and a lot of the things that that relative had been sending them in the last few months before their death was things like cards, and in particular, I mean, just just handwritten letters. Mm. And the uh, and the inmate had only been getting photocopies of all these things, and now their loved one is gone, and they don't have any of those personally made items. Things that they had touched. It's not that we're put in a box somewhere for the inmates to get to pick up when they get released. They're gone. They're destroyed. Mm -hmm. And that was the last, you know, the last touching point, last connection that this person had Mm. with this loved one. Mm. And that's a really good point is that, like, 
those things are they're unique. They're one hundred percent. They're irreplaceable. And when you throw them in a photocopier and give us only the copies, and we aren't someone who's trying to get you know chemicals sprayed onto a piece of paper and then given to us so that we can cut it up and smoke it. When we're actually trying to have a relationship with someone, a healthy one. Yeah. You know, and now you're completely removing that from us. That is devastating. Absolutely devastating. Especially in the case then when the person is no longer with us. It's heartbreaking. Mm. It is. It is. Good perspective. Thank you. Hopefully we're going to get that uh, into a space where someone can make a change soon. Okay, so let's talk about timing. You, uh, You get stuff... As soon as you get it, based on how backed up the mailroom is, but like if I mail something to you, it's typically about a week before you actually get it. Sometimes a little more, right? Yeah, yeah. On a on a good in a in a good time frame, in a quick one, it's about a week. Usually ten days to two weeks. Okay. Standard. Uh, if we do the electronic mail, the JPay um, system, where y'all can you know, text or type on your computers and send something directly. That's a little quicker. Relatively fair price. It can be quicker. We're supposed to, um, I believe by the, by the, just the the kind of, I don't know if it's an actual rule they have to follow, but I I believe it is the way some of these guys talk about it. I think we have to get it within 48 hours of its arrival, maybe even 24. 48 Um, is what JPay actually says on their site. Like when I go to send you a JPay email, it says your, um, the recipient will, recipient will receive this within 48 hours. And I always chuckle when I click send. I'm like, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe not. Depending on the facility, yeah. Depending on the competency and the uh, the zeal of the workers here. Yeah, because uh, I've been lucky with the past two JPs I've gotten from you on different things. They somehow arrived within 48 hours. Cool. Um, and it's been a miracle when I see the date of when you sent it. Uh, on the top of the page, but uh, for the most part, there have been you know other JPEGs in the past, whether from you or from someone else, that uh, it took a week, it took two weeks, and then mm. one time it took a month and a half, what? which is absurd. You could have I was getting mail that was sent the conventional method sooner than I was getting the instant, you know, quote unquote instant mail, which is just you know, absurd. But again, that just comes down to the organization slash disorganization of the mailroom. Right. Workers. Right. Um, yeah. Very unpredictable. Yeah. Very unpredictable. So what does it feel like for you when you're, um, when you're waiting for a letter? What's, is there, oh, is there an God. emotional component to the weird timing of, cause the, all of us on the outside, are so connected all the time because of the phones in our pockets, right? So there's text messages and there's all kinds of platforms um, where you, even if it's artificial and even if it's psychologically and relationally nowhere near as healthy as we would like to believe it is, we feel like we are very connected. You guys are very disconnected, very isolated. And then you have this, this time weirdness where the sense of the passage of time is distorted when you're in prison and yeah. things can feel oh, incredibly yeah. long. And so talk about the, the emotional components of timing and mail. Okay. So 
Yes. <laughs> Everything you just said. Um, really heavy. I, because even, all right, so that dependency you're talking about on communication out there, I can remember because I was a part of it, you know, five years ago. Uh, and it was, even though the last couple of years of my life was spent trying to hide from everyone who loved me and wanted something to do with me, I still had my phone in my hand and, and, and used it for whatever things. I So it's not always healthy, but there is something very natural about the ability, at least, to connect so instantly and to almost rely on the ability to connect. And I say natural because once it's removed from you and once you're in here, you realize how unnatural the delay feels. Mm. There's something, I think, very uh, integral and, and important about the way humans connect these days and something about the way society's evolving and, and where it's headed that I think it's necessary, not that it's always in balance and that we, we have it right, um, but I do think it is important to have that kind of ability to instantly reach out if necessary. And uh, in here, when that's removed, it, it, feels, it feels unnatural, it feels isolating, it feels scary. Because let's say let's say you've been writing someone, and let's say just for example they are responding via JPEG. Um, so and let's say your facility is normally pretty good at getting them to you at least in three or four days, even if it's not always forty-eight hours. Uh, so you're writing, you're, you're sending things back and forth for a couple months, and then all of a sudden you don't get a response within three or four days. In fact, you don't get one within a week or 10 days. Mm. By that 10th day, you're starting to go, okay, first of all, is it the other person? Have they decided not to respond? If so, is it just because they're busy? That's cool. It's good if they're busy. Or, you know, something come up with their family, some kind of tragic thing maybe, you don't know. Like, I don't know. I hope everything's all right. And then, of course, you go to the, to the self-doubt, the self-hate, and you're like, oh my God, is this something with me? Did I say something wrong? I freaked them out. Wow. I pissed them off. And the whole time on the outside. Right. And the whole time on the outside, all we would do is shoot a quick text and say, just making sure, is everything okay? Yeah. And they could just text back a thumbs up. And that would be enough that you would just chill out and give them time (laughs) and space. Right. And you guys have none of that available. No, not at all. Well, yeah, because then my option would be, well, maybe I could write another letter real quick and send it out. But that could take a week to two weeks to even arrive, right. to get processed and arrive. And by that point, maybe I'll even have a response. And now that letter was completely unnecessary. And what if, what if you know, that does happen. I write one, send it out, but get a response before it even arrives. Now it arrives and the other person is like, oh man, now I got to respond to that. So they're right. And now there's this like complete, you know, uh, uh, kind of miscommunication or over communicating and everybody trying to explain or even defend. Oh. It's just, it, it's icky feeling. And you're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And now you're apologizing for caring. You're apologizing no. for 
you know, valuing the conversation that you're having and maybe overreacting to it and whatever, but it just doesn't feel good. It just doesn't feel good. Well, and and then the other thing that's on top of this is that is almost worse than anything because if someone just wanted to stop writing me, I could understand that. Believe me, I'm, I'm used to doing what I've done and, and going, you know, walking the path that I have. It's kind of an ingrained habit now within me, like an emotional habit to understand that I might suddenly not really be wanted or I might just make someone uncomfortable enough to the point where they, they're good for a time or mm. forever. And I can accept that. That's actually, it's hard, you know, it hurts, especially when you're trying so hard to be different, to be better, but I can accept it. What is more difficult is that thought where you're going, what if it's not them at all? What if they wrote me the longest letter they ever have in their life and it's so detailed and it's so intimate and it's so... You have 60 seconds remaining. <gasps> ooh, ooh, cliffhanger. Yes. Cliffhanger. Let me go... Uh, Please redial. We need resolution to this yeah. story. Yes. <laughs> all right. One moment. And we're going to have to wait for that resolution until next week because that is all the time that we have for this episode. So we're going to leave you hanging off that cliff, wondering what happens. Um, Did you hear what I was saying in the intro to this episode, that it's really psychologically complicated? The waiting process, the wondering, the what ifs are just endless. So be sure to listen to next week's episode, where we pick back up with that redial and uh, Jay gets back with us and resolves the cliffhanger, but then also goes on to talk about several other pieces of the male puzzle and the impact that it has on people who are incarcerated. Um, If you would like to learn more about being a part of a prison care compassion team, about becoming a pen pal encourager to somebody who is incarcerated, just learning more in general about how to care about prison neighborhoods. I encourage you to go to our website, prisoncare.org has all sorts of information and we are adding to it every chance we get. Um, trying to offer just a lot of resources that will help compassionate people on the outside like us to understand a little bit better what it's like on the inside and then to find ways that we can connect with all the members of a prison neighborhood, whether they are incarcerated inmates or whether they are prison staff. Um, it's, it's a neighborhood, and they're all trying to coexist, and they are all dealing with an incredible amount of negative culture. So uh, visit prisoncare.org and see what you could do to start reducing the toxicity. And while you're there, would you consider making a donation? Prison Care is able to continue to do this kind of work because of the generosity of compassionate people who are beginning to realize that prisons cannot be forgotten places anymore. It's not okay. So uh, we rely on your donations, and we would so appreciate you clicking that little donate now uh, via PayPal button and help us do what we do. And be sure to tune in next week for the resolution to Jay's cliffhanger story. Thanks for caring, friends.
Thanks for listening to the Prison Care Podcast. Be sure to visit us at prisoncare.org. Prison Care, equipping compassionate people to support positive prison culture from the outside. Because everyone on the inside matters.